Ah, <laughs> be like saying I don't reach you. Make now listen. Well, well. Simple. are now tuned in to the greatest show you will hear this week <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in guys you are going to be in for a treat as usual if you haven't already make sure you subscribe and rate we thank you for already doing that and if you find value in any of our episodes please share because i know for a fact that if you find value i know people who you know will find value as well thank you for that have you ever sought to understand the black experience? Well, this podcast is designed to take you through just that. You come to find out that our take on the black experience is a holistic one, combining the raw and vulnerable perspectives of immigrants from Africa and our African-American counterparts. You'll go on a journey with us as we explore the stories, challenges, and life lessons that create what you see today with this complex yet rich experience. Now, as you listen, may your own experience deepen and may you find more peace with who you are. My fellow villagers, <laughs> welcome to another episode. So today you're actually tuned in for some heat. You hear me? We really had some fun. In, uh, bah, 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 bah. I can't speak today. We really had some fun recording this episode, and I think you're really going to get a lot of value from it. So we actually are speaking with one of my good friends, Christian. We ended up, we actually started out working together at the same financial firm about four years ago. And I've seen this guy grow, has a great heart, loves people, and I think you're going to feel some of that as you listen to him. So as we go through our conversation, what we're going to start with is Zimbabwe. So we're actually going to feature a little bit about Zimbabwe. He actually was an asylee from there. So basically coming, seeking asylum in a different country. And then we graduate into our perspectives on different countries. And then we end our conversation today with a little bit more about Christian's story and how fascinating, fascinating it is. And in my opinion, I truly do believe you're going to draw some value from that. And then we also dabble in, you know, the importance of education in the American society. So we really had some fun, like I said, recording this and you guys are really going to enjoy it. So have fun. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the village. (laughs) (laughs) It is your typical village boy. Shukwemeka. <laughs> I'm a boy Vic. And your boy Victor Chokowachi Sado. <laughs> Coming through with the heat as always, right? And you probably heard somebody laughing. So, um, man, we got my boy, my boy from another mother, man. I think I met this guy. Was it 2016? Sounds about right. Because you remember we were, yes. we, we were working at the, um, the, um, the church office. Remember, I think that's when you got. You, oh, you, you went came at, in. up the road from uh, on General George, the smaller one. I was, I was in that one because that's where I. That's where you, that's, that's where, where you I came in? in. Yeah, I interviewed over there. For this real, this is like we're talking July, August of twenty sixteen. Yeah, 
Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Were you still what at MTSU at that time? Nah, I graduated. Wow. Yeah, I graduated 2015, bro. So this was a minute ago. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking, bro, that's crazy. Because you weren't, you were like 18 when you came in, right? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. 17. I that's just right, turned 18 and 17. Yeah. So me, so me and him, so we, we worked at the same financial firm yeah. for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And first time I met this guy, yeah, Transamerican. First time I met this guy, it was, um, yeah, 2016. And I remember like, cause to work with us, you at least got to be 18. Yeah. And, and, I met this guy and everybody was like, have y'all met this new guy? He's 17 and shit like that. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck? And and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm interning and all this stuff. I'm like, what? Like, no 17-year-old thinks about working for a financial firm or even interning for one. You know what I'm saying? And so from, from there on, I just respected him. And when I saw him come in, dude... This guy just had the confidence of oh ten goodness. bulls, bro. <laughs> this dude is making ten me sound like <laughs> bulls, bro. Not arrogant. He was just confident as fuck. And I would look at him, I'm like, God damn, you sure you 17, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? So ever since then, man, and, and I found out he was African from Tanzania, yeah. right? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Why do I keep yeah. saying Tanzania? Zimbabwe. You say what? It's a beautiful country. It is. <laughs> it is Zimbabwe. And um, and I was like, oh, this, this is my homie right here. You know what I'm saying? And we just been cool ever since then. We got we got a lot closer the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We moved to Tucson and shit. So that's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, we From got a distance. Yeah. We got Christian Matetwa. What's going on? How you feeling, bro? Great pronunciation, by the way. Uh, Omar. Omar. I mean, I've known this guy for what, four years now. Yeah, Hopefully. you better have it by now. Right. You can't imagine the amount of people I've been around that still don't have it. I'm like, for real? You know I'm how, do they, how do they usually pronounce it? Metawa or <laughs> Mete. <laughs> Met- but but think about it. It's spelled M T E. Yeah. Right? Yeah. E T W A. You got it. Yeah. Metetwa. Uh, so, but so if you actually try to sound it out, yeah. pretty simple. But for yeah. some reason, <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> It's like everything becomes Americanized. Exactly. Here, man. exactly. How do how do Americans pronounce it now? If I don't correct them, Metawa or Metitit, or they just they struggle with the M and the T. What the fuck? It's like they've never seen two consonants yeah. next to each other. I'm like, yeah. do I need to that's put an E right? I don't know. Yeah, but. that's really interesting. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, like this is. This ain't no West African name. It can't be West African. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So Zimbabwe is Central Africa, right? So, southern, southern. 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 Bo- we border South Africa and Mozambique okay. Um, okay. on the south. You said a real French like Mozambique. What? Mozambique? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Is that a French country? Was it colonized? I don't know. To be honest. I know where. So before it was Zimbabwe, we were Rhodesia. That is Ooh. British, I'm pretty sure, because of Cecil Rhodes. Yeah. But then Mozambique, I think Namibia for sure is either mm-hmm. French or Portuguese. Mm. Is that right? I haven't I looked know. that up. It's like on the western side, yeah. western side of southern Namibia. Africa. I'm going to look that up. But I know Angola, Ang- I feel like Angola is kind of close to that because it's like going down south a little bit more. Okay. Angola, they were, they were colonized by the Portuguese. Oh, really? So. Yeah. If it's close to Angola, possibly. Maybe so. Okay. Yeah. Africa's been, I mean, we've yeah. been colonized by everybody. Colonized French, by Portuguese, body, Arabs. Seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah the you whole know, the North, northern yeah. rim. Yeah. I, those people are really cool, though, man. I, had, I met a yeah. lot of them out west and even out here. I know really? a Libyan. From where? Oh, yeah. oh, for real? Yeah. Like real Super North real Africans. Yeah. I know a Libyan, yeah. a couple Egyptians. Haven't met anybody from Morocco, though, man. I really want to. I haven't met anybody from Morocco as well. Yeah. I just want Tanner's from Morocco. 
You're yeah, tripping. Bruh, is he I'm actually like, from Morocco? I'm telling what? You, this is Charlemagne the God. He was like, oh yeah, uh, French Montana's from Morocco. I'm looking at Wow. Hmm, that's interesting. But I've met a, I've met a lot of like Libyans and I went to school with a lot of Egyptians and they're like super cool people. Yeah, yeah. Super Real cool hospitable people. too. Yeah. Like they're friendly, treat super family. Friendly. Yeah. He's an American Moroccan rapper. Yeah. Wow. Because one of my um one of my I played soccer with this dude that was Libyan and his dad was like the most hospitable person ever. Yeah. Like he legit would like rent out fields just so we could play. Like seriously. Like literally he would rent out the whole field. We ain't gotta buy nothing. Wow. He'll bring the whole team out there. Uh-huh. We'll play, and he'll buy us food after as well to feed everybody. To feed everybody. They love, bro. bro. It's so especially like, yeah. Africans love to feed you. Honestly, like <laughs> the first question: Hey, did you eat? Seriously, did you eat? No. Like, <laughs> hey, did, don't matter. North Africa, South Africa. It does it just matter, make sure bro. this dude sure. eats, man. It's that. Family. It's that commonality, though. Yeah. Right. And like it was just even to this day, like his dad would text me, like, "Hey, Vic, how you doing?" Type shit, yeah. or like uh-huh. Idris would text me, like, "Hey, we're playing ball today. Right. Come out. My dad wants to see you." Stuff Damn, like that. That's so, so dope. Very, very um warm people. Like right. super nice people. And that's how it's supposed to be, man. I love yeah, it that way. Sure. That is so it's, it's it's the coolest thing because when I so on Murfreesboro Road, um, in in Nashville, uh-huh. there's a Starbucks out there where I always go into work. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like any other. But I know where every star, like almost every star. <laughs> uh, it's by the it's by the uh, COVID testing place. Oh, it's yeah, right by the. So by the way, I took the test for COVID. Oh my god, that shit hurts, dog. That shit took your brain. Stupid, bro. <laughs> like I legitimately. <laughs> Like when they stuck it all the way up my nose, uh-huh. like I, yeah. Did you tilt I'm your head pissed. back or straight up like this? I had to tilt my head back a little bit. Okay, right, and oh, yeah. and they stuck it all the way up. Dude, damn it to my eyebrow, legit, uh. bro. I was holding my steering wheel. My feet were all the way up in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> like I looked like a little bitch, bro. In the car, too. Legit like in the car. I'm like, and literally, I was like, fuck. <laughs> So I took mine and I saw like the thing. I was like, okay, uh-huh. she just gonna put it like kind of yeah. like a, just put it in my nose. You know, what I'm trying to say it's right. not gonna be too bad. So I was like not even bracing. So I went like this, and she went all the way. And I remember I screamed, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like the lady just looked at me, just started laughing. I was like, "Oh shoot, my bad." But it caught me so off guard. I was like, she legit went all the way into my brain. They tell like, me that, dude. I'm like, yeah, man. they tickle your brain. It kind of hurts. I'm like, man. Yeah. This is a little extra. It was yeah. stupid. I don't know if you have to go all the way there. You don't. And here's the thing that pissed me off. So uh-huh. my girlfriend took this out. I went with her. Uh-huh. And no, she they did the same thing with the Q-tip. Okay. But it only, the tip of her nose. They was like, only yeah. like scrape the tip. Of so nose. one of the dudes I saw while I was back in Arizona is a pharmacist. Yeah. He works at, uh, I think, Walgreens or CVS. Mm-hmm. I think it's Walgreens. But he was like, yeah, people, t- I'm telling him what I'm telling y'all. Like everybody yeah. that takes is like, oh, they tickle your brain. And he's yeah. like, no, nah, you don't have to go that much. You Bruh. just got to go like an inch up exactly. your nose. Man, she must have not liked Get a thorough swab. <laughs> she, <must have> <laughs> she was in my brain. <laughs> That's too much, man. Bro, I was pissed. I, I looked much. at, I was like, so you mean to tell me I suffered? <laughs> I suffered to get my COVID test, but you and I might not even have it, right? And, you over and here. I didn't have it. I was negative for that. When you was know, this? I was pissed. When this was it? like uh, it'll be two weeks. Uh, oh, tomorrow. okay. So kind of when you found two out. Weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I texted everybody. I texted everybody because I had it. So mm-hmm. I texted everybody that like was around me because we literally shot a podcast the day before I got my results oh, wow. back because okay. I felt normal. I played soccer right, right. and everything, and so like he. And the weird thing about it is no one that's been in contact with me since, like, even at soccer or anything. I went to, like, a house party. I was, like, hugging really? people, shaking people's yeah. hands. 
None of them got it. Really? Like they all got tested. This zero. is so interesting to me, man. Zero and people got it. I don't want to. But there's like also like everyone that I went to Charleston with, uh -huh. all of us got it. Really? Like legit. Like even the people that like, would... I met at the bars and stuff. Uh -huh. Like I met this girl at the bar and I texted. I was like, yo, I tested positive for the virus. Like, mm -hmm. are you good? And she's like, yeah, I tested positive as well. Really? Charleston, yeah. South Carolina? Yeah. How'd like, you get out there? Did you drive or fly? We drove. We drove. Okay. It was like an eight hour drive. Okay. But my boys from out there. So we went out there for my birthday weekend. Gotcha. And like we went to the bars and stuff, but like literally everyone that we, even my homies friends that came out with us, they uh -huh. all had it. As well. Really? Yeah, but so. when you got back here, nobody. Nobody got that it. That's so wild. So yeah, it was this thing is confusing, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it's yeah. weird. And it was crazy. Like that week, I had like a stuffy nose. Really? Bro, I just hopped off the plane, and this morning, this nostril was a little stuffy. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, bro. I, I've been traveling a lot. Like, what's going on? <laughs> But your mind so plays tricks on you. For real, man. So, anyway, going back to the Starbucks on Mercersboro Road. Uh -huh. um, so, I always see Egyptians out there. Really? Oh, every, I promise you, bro. Damn near every day around like starting at around 6 o'clock. Huh. Egyptians are just everywhere. They're either just around just drinking coffee or they're around playing chess. Just hanging out. Just hanging out, bro. Legit wow, at the Starbucks. Man. And I'm like, this is dope. It's like legit a party. Right. Legitimate. That's so dope, though. At a Starbucks, and everybody's drinking coffee, just talking. It reminds me, of like, um, like when I when I'm in Nigeria, and uh -huh. you know, at night, you know, all like the elders and like uncles will come out and sit at a table and yeah. drink beer and, and just kick it, just kick yeah. it, bro. Yeah. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like, that is they, so dope. They was watching, like, you know, back home they be watching, you know, soccer and yeah. shit like that. But right. oh, just vibes, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just uh -huh. vibes, man. That's how it's supposed to be, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know why, but Africans are just friendly. Yeah. That's for real, man. You know what I'm saying? That's for real. So, so what do you what do you remember from from Zimbabwe? Oh, I know you moved here when you were, like right when you were. Born, yeah, I was right? 18 months old when I came here. So. Yeah. I got pictures, yeah. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard stories. My mom, my sister. My sister actually goes back pretty frequently now. Oh, now really? that she's in a place where Do she you can go back travel, I haven't been back. Mm. No, but mm. she's uh, she's gotten through the whole process to where she can travel and leave yeah. and everything. So yeah. when she goes, either she's in a Europe, bitch, by the way, for real, man. The for immigration real. shit is yeah. stupid. Man. Like I, she's the only one out of all of us that have completed the citizenship track. Uh, We're all on the way. Yeah. But yeah. now that she has a U.S. passport, man, yeah. <laughs> anywhere in the anywhere in the world, pretty much. <laughs> real talk, that's crazy. For it real, is, bro. it's a commodity out here. But Damn, um, that's lit, though. She tells me it's great. For she has real? friends back in Zim. She goes yeah. to South Africa a bit when she when she's down there. So mm -hmm. I can't wait, man. As soon as I get a chance, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm in, I like. It'll be interesting to like tour Africa. Right, because yeah. I actually, because I, I think you sent me a video or I sent you a video, remember on Instagram, and it was like people like playing the drums, and you was like, "That's my yeah, country. yeah." Like, oh, it was the one with a lot of slides. Mm -hmm. So the, on the second yeah, slide so was actually in my country. It was mm -hmm. in Harare. Yeah, and then the oh. first one I think you sent me was Ghana or yeah, probably somewhere yeah. West Africa. Yeah, but I was like, man, this is dope. I gotta go out yeah. there man, for real. It's so interesting though, like how Central <laughs> and like, well, not really Central, but like South Africa, just has like. It's a different feel than West Africa. Really? It's such a different feel. Do you know feel. a lot of people from Southern Africa? Like South so, DRC? Yeah, so on Instagram, like I'll look on okay. Instagram, like just like just from the way they look uh -huh. and everything, and like not just the language too, but like the way they look, things like that. Uh -huh. Um it's just it's just like a like a distinct difference between there and West Africa. Yeah. And also East Africa too. Right. So like in Africa, even though like it's 
we're all African. Right. There's so many distinctive. See, that's what people features. don't understand too. Yeah. They don't they picture yeah. one image of Africa, mm-hmm. and it's it's honestly the worst image, yeah, yeah, or yeah. a one specific subset of sure. people. And you're right. I think like I think West Africans predominantly look very similar. Mm-hmm. Like if you see a Ghanaian dude, you'd be like, is he Ghanaian or Nigerian? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or if you see like a Cameroonian, mm-hmm. like I've met Cameroon, like you Nigerian or you Cameroonian, just because uh-huh. we're like so close. Mm-hmm. But like also like like you're you're right. East Africans look. Different, like they tell. look like you could just know that he's East African or she's East African. You just look at him, oh, he's right. East African. Yeah. And like, I think South Africans is kind of different because, like, it's like a mixture of like West African, That's so but also different. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Because I played yeah. soccer with this dude Lebo, and it's the same way. Look, their culture is similar, but also very different. Mm. Even the way they play soccer, like he used to send me videos of like, oh, like. Like the, have you seen those videos on like Instagram where like they'd be dancing with the ball and stuff? Yeah. Like the dude would do like a thing, run away, come back and get the ball and shit. Like the culture is so dope yeah. as well. So wow, yeah, that's awesome. Actually, yeah, man, it's beautiful. And the food, like I, like I, some of the people I follow on Instagram, like uh-huh. just the way they cook their food. I actually really love their language, bro. Like, Where South, South Africa? Yeah, Afrikaans. I think. I think that's one of the. Languages. Oh, in South Africa, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's like a, either a Dutch or French version of. Yeah, Af- it's beautiful. It is. Beautiful. It's yeah. so interesting. Have you ever heard of Bantu knots? You know the hairstyle that features lovely small coiled buns sprinkled throughout the hair? Yeah, that's the same one that originated in southern Africa by the Bantu people. Go figure, right? Well, I'm going to be more specific. They actually originated from the Zulu people who are an ethnic group of the Bantu people. Now, I say that because that's in the same region where Zimbabwe is located today. So the part of Zimbabwe's history that I'm actually going to start with is with a man named Cecil Rhodes. So I'm actually going to post in the show notes some links to be able to read a little bit more about Cecil Rhodes. However, there's one thing I wanted to point out. So a lot of people consider Cecil to be a racist and part of the reason why the apartheid happened. What struck me to be very fascinating was the correlation because this was in the late 1800s. And now if you look in America in the late 1800s, what was happening? Well, you had the Civil War that had just ended and, you know, that abolished slavery. But guess what happened right after that? That was the Jim Crow era. And if you want to understand more about the apartheid, just think about the Jim Crow era, the exact same things. But as I really sat there and thought about it, I was like, man, the same exact thing was happening in a completely different continent, but to the exact same people. How fascinating is that? That's exactly what our podcast is looking to explore and really just understand more of. So we're going to get into a little bit more about Zimbabwe and Christian's experience and his family's experience with Zimbabwe. I just want to give you guys a quick breakdown of that or, you know, a really cool part of their history. Anyway, so check it out. So you mentioned you came here as an asylum. Yes. So when we came. So for anybody that doesn't know, which is most people, most people yeah. Zimbabwe is kind of like um, uh, almost kind of like Venezuela now. Oh. Not so much in the terms of a, a, mili- a militant dictatorship, although that I've heard my understanding at a certain point that it was kind of like that. Yeah. But our currency went completely to zero. Oh, Hyperinflation. Shit. Crazy. Uh, we had what 
he was calling a president, but a lot of people looked at as a dig a dictator. Yeah, Robert Mugabe. Yeah. He's since passed, but um, <clears throat> he he wasn't running the country in the way that my mom and kind of the, her peers were thinking yeah. uh, a, a new leader should be taking the country. For and sure. so right around 1999, she was like, okay, we got to go. And so we knew very few people out here. And when yeah. we came out here, it was me, my next oldest brother, and my mom first. My yeah. my sister above him, and then my oldest brother, they stayed. And so when we got here, we we stuck it with them. And then she flew my sister out later. And then my, my oldest brother came out, I think, a, uh, two or three years after when we got here. And so was because... Was it easier we, that way? Or say it again? Was it easier to do it, like break it up like that? Or? I don't know. It was probably cheaper. Yeah, or immigration-wise, it was probably easier to get uh, visitors' visas for yeah. them at that time. But my mom tells the story way better than I did. Like yeah. the the stuff that happened in order for us to get here, the timing and everything that yeah. we did, it's divine. Miraculous, yeah. But when we got here, um, we obviously overstayed our visas. And so we went to Memphis to talk to an immigration judge. And because she had brought us and we were kids, mm-hmm. we got asylee status. And yeah. then she had to go on a special program to where once we all um, became, citizens. became citizens, we, you know, right. So she uh, kind of gets included. Okay. That's very interesting. So, But yeah, so like <clears throat> back to like the presidency and Mugabe and all that. Yeah. So, because I've heard, like, I played soccer with a guy in college. I was from Zimbabwe, and we oh, talked dope. about t- talked about it a little bit. Uh-huh. So, pretty much, he became a president. He just never went out, right? Yeah. So he died, right? Yeah. He, he didn't. That's madness. No, like, like that's it. It sounds yeah. so simple, been so wrong, but that's yeah. what happened. So, he, he went in, yeah. and he just either rigged the election or decided not to run the election hmm. or did whatever he had to do to just yeah. to stay in power. So, how, how does that happen? Because, like... How do people become okay with that? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, and it's huh. not that people were okay with it. Right. But like, how does he implement a system where no one, could, there's no checks and balances, and no one can tell him, "Yo, like, man, it's time for new." That's the power. key question right there. Yeah, I, I, I think about stuff like that a lot yeah. because I, I like to understand how other people think, mm-hmm. and when I understand, like, well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. This is obvious, like yeah. the whole checks and balances, Revolution, having so. people uh, help hold you accountable to stuff. Yeah. When other people don't value those. Um, ideals the same way I do. I I, I I don't just fault them for it. I try to understand why that is. Yeah. And frankly, I think it's because that's all they know. When you go all the way back to Rhodesia, we were colonized, mm-hmm. right? And so Cecil Rhodes, from what I understand, kind of purged all of our natural resources. He exploited what Zimbabwe or that area that is now Zimbabwe yeah. and Southern Africa. I mean, I'm sure there's some other people that are responsible. I just know yeah. him because of the name. But um, when you have that kind of guy that's really overseeing the entire uh, ravaging mm-hmm. of your resources and then uh, oppression uh, government-wise and, you know, the whole apartheid thing in the whole region of the world. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, well, that's all our great-grandparents knew. And then, you know, the apple doesn't far, far, fall from, from the sure. tree. So their kids learned it. Their kids learned it. So when you have someone like Mugabe that came into power and he's in the same way just holding on to power, yeah. just because he's African, don't no mean it's not the same thing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So they, I think part of it is they just got used to having one guy in power and hoping he was going to do the right thing. Mm, but when dang, you got that much power and you're like, man, this is dope. Yeah, You get to fly all over the world, yeah, drive some yeah. S-classes, all this kind of stuff. Well, then you hang on to it and you do whatever you got to. That's crazy, man. Because like even J. Cole, like one of his raps, he talks about that, how like revolutions – how historically a lot of times people um, revolt against like an oppressive system or government or whatever, mm-hmm. then the people that were oppressed become the oppressors. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? So like it's exactly. it's crazy how that works out. It's like a person that was in the fight for the for the re- revolution becomes the person that's subjugating his own people. Exactly. Too. So it's just crazy how, like you said, the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. And 
people, once you get used to anything, it naturally becomes normality. Exactly. So, like, there's no resistance when right. someone else implements it on you, especially when it looks like you. Roll man. Exactly. That's the tough part, That's too. the biggest part. When it looks like you, it's like, I think you become... It's kind of like, well, it's not a white man that's subjugating me. So it's, right. it's, well, I hope he does the right thing. Exactly. So. And I think there's a little bit of leniency there, too, because when sure. you get a white yeah. man out, you feel like, okay, we finally won. Exactly. But when the guy that looks like you comes in and does something similar or the same thing, now it's like, well, we don't want to get him out because what if another white dude comes in and tries to go back to what we, what we just fought yeah. for? Damn, that's crazy. So is that considered communism? Man, I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know the region well enough to give that's, like, that's serious commentary on it. Um, that's interesting. So, okay, because because it reminds me of when I lived in North Korea. So, like you in North lived Korea. in North Korea. Damn, you didn't know that, dude. You, yeah, you, no, you didn't. <laughs> Swear, bro. I lived in North Korea, bro. Are you for serious? Yeah. I for really how long? Did. Like uh, five months. I was supposed to live there for three years, but my mom was not going for it. Oh my it, so. goodness! When was this? This was oh six. For what? Two thousand six. My mom. So she's a diplomat. Okay. So she, we have an embassy out there, Nigerian okay. embassy out there. Uh-huh. So she went out there. Wow. Um, for diplomatic work. Yeah. How old were you at the time? I was eleven. I was eleven in North Korea. That's. I really had no idea. This I long I've known you, I, I had yeah. no idea. I, I don't really tell a lot of people, but because I don't know why, uh-huh. but it's, it's it just seems so normal to me because I've just been traveling <laughs> my whole life. Right. Like legit since Which I was is dope. three. Yeah. Since I was three, like I grew up in Switzerland, like all that type of shit. So. We got to talk more about that. Yeah, okay. yeah, we will at some point. Um, so, like, in North Korea, when uh-huh. I was there, the dad was alive. Okay. Of Kim Jong-un. Right. So, his dad was alive. I forgot his Kim name. Kim Jong-il or something like that? Um, Kim no. Jong-il? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and so uh, I remember stories like when my friend, well, one of my friends who was living there right before I got there, he uh-huh. would tell me, like, how they went to go visit the statue. Like, they literally worshipped this dude. Really? Legitimately. Like, they had, like, a huge statue somewhere in, in uh, so I say in the capital, Pyongyang. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they had, a, they'll, they'll go there and worship and shit like that. <laughs> Immigrants. <laughs> like us. Like Africans, yeah. So like, really? How do they treat those people? Like, how do they treat, like, immigrants out there? I'm curious, too. Is it like, did they implement the same rules as, like, they do with their own people? Or, like, no, how does it work? Not, oh. It's so different because it's communist, right? So right, the yeah. government controls. Like I remember, we had a maid, mm-hmm. and she had three sets of clothes, right? And I think the government fed her and shit like that. From what I remember, it's crazy. And so it's completely different, like because we had our own quarters, uh-huh. we had our own like neighborhood. And so kind of with you at the embassy, were you on Nigerian soil or was it considered North Korea just because you're um, on I think I think whenever you're on embassy you're in an embassy uh-huh. you have immunity okay. because that's so you're not subject of, to communist yeah, exactly. uh, ideals or regime yeah we weren't okay. um, but as far as like when we would go into the city and like try to go to restaurants and uh-huh. churches and stuff like that like we'll see how things ran it looked like it looks like a normal city wow right it's beautiful uh-huh. um, from what I remember um, but it's so it's so like hidden Nobody knows. Nobody really knows English. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? Outside of our quarters, right? So you have to you have to have a translator. Oh my goodness! Because you can't. So the country doesn't allow like a lot of influx as far as like influence. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're just like blind <clears throat> to everything, <laughs> which is crazy. That is so wild. Yeah. So remember, it reminds me of like when we we'll go to the statue, and uh-huh. my friend he would like he told me a story. He was like, yeah, they were they just talking about the statue and pointed at it with one finger. And next thing he knew, like, there was, like, a guard that came behind him and just, like, slapped his head. He's like, 
slapped his hand? He slapped his head. Oh. He's like, you don't point with your finger. You got to point with your palms up like this, and you got to bow down to them whenever you point out. That's like you're treating God. You serious? They are treating, they they were treating the dad like a God. You know what I'm saying? And what was special about, well, this is probably a question for another day, but that's the kind of stuff I think, I think about going all the way back. Why that guy? Mm -hmm. Like, why not? That's literally why I took, it's Uh like, how did his family, <laughs> like, how did they, like, rig the system? You see like, what I'm saying? Our bloodline is the one that deserves to be in yeah, this position right. of power. You know what right. I'm trying to say? Right. I was about to ask you another question, but it just literally slipped my mind. That's probably <sighs> my thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, it really slipped my mind. Golly. All right, yeah. I'm... <laughs> It'll, It'll come back. It'll come yeah, back. Yeah. It'll come back. But, yeah, it reminded me, like, in Zimbabwe, it reminded me of, like, North Korean shit. Like, wow. It's fucking wild. You know what I'm so saying? crazy. Um... Oh, yeah. oh, you got it? Yeah, it came back. So, like, the everyone knows, like, the guy right now is very evil and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was the dad, like, that evil as well? I don't remember that. Or was the perception, like, in the whole world the same as people have for his son right now? Or, or were you not cognitive enough to, to understand yeah, that? Yeah. Um, not really, because, like, when I moved here, so I moved here in October 2006. Okay. And all I knew was like Americans hate North <laughs> from, Korea. From North Korea to yeah. America. That's like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Jeez. I just knew like everybody hated North Korea. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? You know? Cause, right, right. Cause I'm like, cause the dude who was there, like, he seemed nice right. from the inside. From yeah. the inside. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Cause like everybody spoke nice of him. Um and he of the was leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he wasn't as he was because he was older too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he had like a lot more wisdom. Right. It's a lot more patience because he's older. Right. But the son New to power type shit, you know what I'm saying? Trying right. to like, he, he yeah, like yeah, I think so. They said his, his sister is even worse. Oh, for really? real? Because yeah, so like when he was about, there was like somebody. I think TMZ said he was dead or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But people were like, nah, it's TMZ or whatever. But um, cause, and I was like doing some research and like seeing who would take over. And a lot of people on Twitter and stuff were saying like his sister is supposedly even worse, like oh like even worse than he is. So like. I guess in their family, they're just evil people. Like, how does that work? Wow. But I think you made a good point where you said you came to, you went from um, North Korea, you came to America, and everyone hated North Korea. I think it's funny how, like, this is like, I'm not trying to sound anti-American right now, but there's some countries that if you go to, like, that hate America. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. and everyone in America is like, well, America's good. We're trying to help people. Uh-huh. But it's funny how perspectives switch when you look from a different lens. Right. And when you go to a different space and like they've been affected by war or whatever, vice versa, there's all this right. political shit that goes into it. It's just very interesting. Like you could go to the Middle East or one of those countries, they'd be like, nah, fuck America. Yeah. Type yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy how all that stuff like works. I think about that a lot too because I, I, I had no desire to want to be in politics. Um, yeah. But I, I always... I try to understand how people in politics make the decisions mm. and how that affects how other people outside the country looks at the country. Because oh, mm. I, I, I see the same stuff. Like yeah. even people here, they're just yeah. here because they think there's a lot of opportunity. Oh, but they're sure. like, man, if I made it here, I would just go back home. Yeah. It's way better where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. For some reasons. <laughs> Because America, it, it, prom- it supports businesses. Yeah. That's really what drives America. It's capitalist, right? Yeah. So if you're not really 
about that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and it really supports capitalists and like immigrants, if you really think about it. Because like right. immigrants have, to be honest with you, they have one of the best opportunities because typically before they come here, uh-huh. they're really skilled in a certain area. Uh, right. Okay. So that's why, so I don't know if you saw, but Trump, he actually banned uh, H-1B visas for the rest of the year. I didn't know that. Wow. And work permits and shit like that. Work permits the, too? Yeah. For the Basically, you can't, like, eight people who have H-1B visas, which are visas to come work in uh-huh. America, uh-huh. you can't come from anymore for the rest of the year. Wow. So I'll give an example. Like, one lady from India, uh-huh. she had an H-1B visa, but it expires. And it usually expires after every six years. Oh, my goodness. So she had to go back home, I think, for, like, a funeral or something. Uh-huh. And this was, like, early in the year. Uh-huh. And, you know, she was like, I'm going to take my visa so I can go renew it at the consulate in India. In India. And she went back home mm-hmm. and that, and then March happened and then coronavirus, the embassy shut down. Right. Uh, so she was like, all right, well, fuck, I guess I'm going to stay here longer than I thought. Uh, and then come to find out literally earlier this month, Trump signs, a uh, executive orders, an like executive that. order saying yeah. you can't come back into the country anymore if you have an H1B visa. For the rest of the year until 2021. So she now has to literally stay outside of America. So not only are they not giving new ones, but if yeah. you have one and you've They're left, banned. you can't yep. come back. You can't come back, right? Wow. So he he's saying that because immigrants come here and uh-huh. like basically take the jobs of natural born citizens. Well, at least that's the thesis. Yeah, that's what, yeah, right. yeah, that's right. the perception of it, right? Um, so point I'm trying to make is America is a place where not only supports capitalism, uh-huh. but also immigrants too, because uh-huh. a lot of us just come here with just right. a lot more skill. And we can take advantage of the capitalist We can take society. advantage of that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? So when people don't like come here, they don't really fuck with America. Is, right. They probably don't like the greed. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like they probably want to live somewhere like Canada. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Who, right. They're not as greedy. You know what right. I'm saying? Like in this, you know, they want a, uh, a place that's growing as far as like wealth goes. Does that make right. sense? Right. Yeah, it does. This is why, this is one of the reasons I think we talked about it before, but I, I, I value travel so much mm-hmm. because if you can get a perspective outside of what you've known your entire life, yeah. people from America don't think it's greedy and oh, they don't think sure. it's, it's, uh, they think this is the greatest place because of everything that they've known. I'm not saying yeah, that it yes. isn't, it's just their perspective. Yeah. But when you come from like you, literally, <laughs> I'm still yeah. tripping North Korea yeah. to America, that's <laughs> yeah. like A to Z, you America. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but even still from Switzerland or from, uh, Australia, I've heard is completely different yeah, the way yeah. that they run, but isn't it those, uh, a more capitalist society? For it's sure. just different. The energy is different yeah. and the way you do life and business is yeah. not the same. I also think America does a very good job of indoctrinating people to think that America is the yes. best in everything. Oh man. You know what I'm trying well, to say? The greatest country in the world. Exactly. And that's Have like been mantra. for 300 years. Exactly. That's the mantra right. that's like pushed since you're a baby or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also it's like this um, it's also this view where America is like probably like one of the most nationalistic countries out there. It's like that's true. Actually, like you, we have pride in Nigeria, but like you don't like people in Nigeria are not like we. The, you know what I'm trying to like that. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, we do. But, <laughs> but like it's like in America, it's like we're the best. Like everything flows off that concept. It's so it's a brand. It really it's is. True. America is a brand, and it's they've created this perception that if you speak out against things you see mm-hmm. wrong in America, uh-huh. then you. It's kind of like you're you being. Like against America. Yeah, you're going against the brand. Exactly. Like you're not patriotic. You don't like this, right. you hate this country. Get out of my country. So that's right. the narrative and like the rhetoric that flows with that. So I think people look at it as taboo to be like, well, America has some flaws. Right. Mm. Exactly. Like people look at it as super taboo. Like I can't speak Man. against this country. And that's why you see typically people that speak or whatever against uh-huh. America 
are typically black people. Uh-huh. Um, just because of the history behind what has happened to of black people and the way it's treated them, that this country has treated them, or like immigrants that their country has been demolished by America. Wow. So, but I also think like a lot of Americans, they just like you said, they haven't been to a lot of other places yeah. in the world. Yeah. Really, like because America is so nice, people are, like think they they have this perception like I don't have to live in America. Like, yeah. I have everything it's true. I need. And it's America. huge. Don't get exactly. me wrong. There's a lot of beautiful. Got, I just came from California. Sure. Completely different than like, out here. You want super cold weather? You go to Chicago. That's you it. Want hot weather? Go to L.A. You go that's to Arizona it. type shit. So like they feel like they don't have to leave this country, and that's where ignorance comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see a lot of pe- Americans when they go out of the country, or let's say they live there for a little bit, their mm-hmm. whole mindset switches. Oh yeah. When they come out, they're like, damn, like things are really like it's yeah. a completely the whole different way of living. It, it really gives is. Gives them compassion, gives them empathy, and I feel like it just takes the veil off your eyes. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I, America, we've talked about it a lot. I'm like. Yeah. The whole college culture right out of right out of high school, like, hey, go to the best college in the world, yeah. do your four years, and get straight into the workforce. I'm yeah. like, that's great if you know that's exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. But I really think people underestimate the value of right when you're the most impressionable at 17, 18, 19 years yeah. old, yeah. go and see the world for what it really is. Take yeah. a year, shoot, maybe even two. Yeah. If you had a chance to work in Spain for half a year mm-hmm. doing basic – like. We got 18, 17, 18 year olds serving at restaurants here. Yeah, Go do that in sure. Spain. Sure. Go do that in Damn. any Watch other country in the world. Make a couple friends, learn the culture, mm-hmm. and then come back to your normal life because it's not going nowhere. You got an American passport. You're good. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But then you come back with that veil unleashed. Uh, yeah. You start noticing all these different ways that uh, America culturally, in some ways, doesn't keep up. Yeah. That's so true, man. Like the the veil concept makes me think about when I was just studying the economics of the world, yeah. and I I was looking. I came across something called um, um, the economic freedom. Like each country has like an economic freedom score, basically, okay. like a financial freedom score. Okay, like how free a country is based on like their government spending, based on like their um, structure and okay. capitalist structure, or, like their market structure and things uh-huh. like that. And man, I noticed America was number seventeen. Really? I thought they were going to be number one. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah like, Because cause I was looking at North Korea. Their, oh gosh, their freedom score, so out of 100, uh-huh. their score is like five. What? <laughs> out of like financially free in the country because it's a communist country. Okay. So I was looking at North Korea and like their GDP is like so terrible. Right, right. right. It's ridiculous, right? So I'm like, oh, America's going to be number one. Uh-huh. I looked it up. They were, they were number 17, bro. But North Korea is five, you said? No, no, no. They had they had a score of five out of 100. oh out of a hundred. So they're way at they're the bottom. Way okay, the and then you're saying whatever way, America's way, score way. is, they were number seventeen, yeah, not at the top. Yeah. So America's score was like Do seventy know? something. Oh, out of 100. you know the number one. Number one's fucking Singapore. I was like, what the man? Fuck? If I told you my thoughts about Singapore, Tell me. we'd be go. I just want to go so bad. I mean, me you too. look at I it. I actually do too, man. Have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? Who? Crazy, crazy Rich Asians. I haven't. Oh, the Crazy movie? Rich Asians? Yes. I you have, have seen it. That is a Dog. I know it's dramatized. Movie. I know it's Hollywood. But I'm like, <laughs> the pictures I see, yeah. the videos, the mm-hmm. the people that have been there, Singapore is it, man. It's Beautiful. like Hong Kong, but like so independent. Because Hong mm-hmm. Kong kind of has that attachment to China. To China. Yeah, so you got exactly. that influence. But Singapore is just like its own thing. And it's yeah, thriving. It is, bro. It it's literally so is. I was reading they have like the lowest uh, corruption. As yeah. far as like businesses go, that's what I've heard too. And I'm like, shit. Great diversity, economic freedom. Like, yeah, economic freedom. Like I'm like, shit. Maybe I should like start a business in fucking Singapore. You know what I'm saying?
So, in this part, you heard us talk about the history of Zimbabwe. Well, a little bit of that, parts of it, how it relates to North Korea and the perception of America in relation to the rest of the world. Now, by no means are we saying that America is a terrible place to live. After all, we did come here for a reason. And when I say we, I'm talking about me, Victor, and Christian. And neither are we saying that all Americans aren't willing to leave and go experience other places. We understand whether it's circumstances, we do know others who definitely want to go out and go visit other places. The idea behind the segment was to take listeners through a mental imagery of what some parts of the world look like in relation to the counterparts. Even though we aren't able to talk about all the countries in the world, hopefully the imagery we painted helped you understand more about the cultures of places you may or may not have been to yet. After all, we believe that this diminishes ignorance and promotes empathy and understanding. So what we're actually going to get into is a little bit more about Christian's story, right? So uh, his story actually, you probably asked yourself this question, well, should I go to school or should I just drop out? Well, his story is going to give you an answer to that. Now, that's not an answer that we're like, hey, you should do this, but it's a really fascinating story that really covers his journey on dropping out of college and what he actually did with his time and we get to see how he landed an internship internship in a fortune 500 financial firm at just 17 years old my goodness and some of the lessons that he that he's blessed to learn from uh, now so make sure you check it out so for you you mentioned you know, seeing the world for what it is, and you did that at seventeen for the most part, like yeah, working at a, a fucking financial firm, yeah. right? What was that like for you at seventeen? Yeah, or now? Bro, walk me through Man. that. Because I started, I started when I was eighteen. Okay? <laughs> oh, so in, in the finance? Yeah. In, oh, I didn't in, know that. Yeah, WFG. Yeah, I started. He did. Hey, so I I'm, happy, I was I'm a competitive dude, man. So you know, <laughs> but that's dope, though. Yeah. Not even, too. Honestly, even under twenty-one, most people aren't thinking about it like mm-hmm. that. So that's crazy. To answer yeah. your question, I would say. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I did not yeah. know what to expect. To be honest, and I don't know if you know this part, I, I wasn't always dreaming of becoming an advisor or mm-hmm. some sort of financial consultant. Yeah. But for me, um, I went to a pretty pretty good high school, in my opinion, one of the best in the state. BA, right? Yeah. Was BA? Uh, and that at that kind of school, the the intent is you should be able to go to whatever uh, like college you mm-hmm. want to go to. Obviously, yeah. subject to your grades and all mm-hmm. that. But uh, my dream school, which was actually my reach school, was USC. Mm. And so I had decent grades, nothing crazy, definitely not over a 4-0 or yeah. the crazy SAT, yeah. ACT scores. Yeah. Uh, I had some a- athletic accolades. I'm obviously an immigrant. And so there were some things on my resume that I thought would yeah. be nice, but hey, I, I got I to sweeten the cake, right? Yeah. How can I make myself look good to USC? And so that's Damn, when I started looking thinking. for opportunities. Yeah. And so I was like, because I knew, like, I didn't want to be the one dude that went, I didn't come this far just to come this far and yeah. then go to a UT. Yeah. Like nothing against Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just saying, nothing against Tennessee, yeah. but the past couple of years in my high school i had a chance to visit like california uh, both la and san francisco my brother had lived in atlanta for a little bit so i had seen huge cities and i was like nah man i can't stay in tennessee during these years of my life and so when i found the opportunity here i met a guy while i was working at office depot Mm -hmm. and i don't know what i did to impress him but he said hey man you know i really like your energy i really like uh the way you do service and business that kind of thing um 
I'm director of expansion for a financial firm in town. Yeah. You keep your options open. I'm yeah. like, well, funny you say that. I do keep my options open. Yeah. And so he ended up connecting me. You know, Christian, he yeah, did my yeah, interview. Yeah. And yeah. when he asked me this question about um, how much do you think most people earn in their savings accounts, I had literally opened a savings account two weeks ago. Are you serious? And so I knew it was 0.01%. Yeah. And he was like, how do you know that? <laughs> like who who told you that? Did you, they, I know they don't teach you this in school. Hey, think about this, bro. He's this nigga's seventeen. Yeah. Saying that, <laughs> what was you doing at seventeen, bro? <laughs> but you know that was me though. Like, don't think yeah. I'm this polished seventeen year old. I'm a yeah. I'm a little athlete, like a yeah. student athlete in high school. Big right. bushy hair. Right. I wore the, right. the little fake earrings. Yeah. Basketball. basketball. Yeah, I tried to track too, but it was uh, it wasn't yeah. my my yeah. main thing. But basketball was my favorite sport. Um, but I'm this little athletic kid coming in and answering mm-hmm. questions about finance and this guy's like dude i gotta know more about this guy yeah, <laughs> like, so they yeah, bring me yeah, back yeah, yeah. and uh we ended up talking about like an opportunity about working here and so it ended up being um something that i i thought would be great to put on my resume mm-hmm. i wasn't 18 as you know so mm-hmm. they they decided to, to kind of onboard me as an intern he ended up talking to rob as he yeah. uh, senior executive vice chairman yeah and he said yeah bring him to the office let him see the trainings let him meet some of the people Hopefully he gets. And a, he was loving that shit, man. Oh, dude, I was you, he was up. loving the trainings, bro. Oh, he was eating it all the way up. Once man. a week, every week, coming in for hours, learning yeah. finance because it was stuff I'd never learned before. Yeah. and I, we'll probably talk about that. But for this, sure. it was like a whole new world to me, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I feel like I think you made a good point where you said um, that age is such a impressionable. yeah impressionable, but also like such there's like a field of potentiality at mm-hmm. that age. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And. You don't have any worries. You don't have no bills. That's you ain't right. got nothing to worry about. Like That's a lot right. of people that get into the finance field, they're like trying to hustle because like you're older now. You might have a kid on the way, and they think so about you the gotta, money. You got you got to think about the money. You right. got to hustle. You know what I'm trying to say? You got to right. put foot, foot pedal to the metal or whatever. But at 17, mm-hmm. you could fail. You can make That's mistakes. Right. You can learn. You can figure out so many things, and you have this oh, man. like crazy. youth is beautiful. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You have this space yeah. where you could just like. Let things evolve. Let it come to you in a sense. Also right. being intentional, let it come to you in a sense. Right. But I don't think most people at 17 years old, like I wasn't thinking about working for no <laughs> finance firm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But so, I think you hit the nail on the hoffa. You said you can fail. Man, I don't. I, sure. I realize how many people are in a place where they, they really can't, can't fail. fail like all. if they fail, a lot of stuff falls on Problems top of them because of that. Life. And I'm like, man, you're right. Yeah, at exactly. 17, you can try some stuff and you can. Fail at it. Exactly. And that's the thing, though. It's like it's the difference between a 17-year-old coming in here and let's say hypothetically, Emeka was thirty years old. Mm-hmm. He has two kids. Yeah. He has For two real. kids. He got to pay a mortgage. He got to put food on the table. Right. So naturally, like he can't fail. And I feel like when you're operating from that, I can't fail. Sometimes it's a good thing, but also uh-huh. you you become In unethical. Ways, yeah. It makes you become unethical sometimes. But also, you just there's some things that you overanalyze, mm. and it becomes a crutch to you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 17 is just like that 17 to 20 years old where you're just like right. chilling. That's like the perfect age to get into so, stuff like that. How long, were, how long have you been in America? 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. So you know how the education system is outside of America. Yeah, yeah. Maybe definitely. y'all can both speak to this. I, I, yeah. I have this. So my brother, he's British. He was born in yeah. England. Uh, but he yeah, grew up dope. between. That's dope, man. That's know, right? super dope. That's that's the accent. oldest one. Oh, yeah. 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 You hear him. He's like, oh, you're, you're British. Oh, I love it. Girls love it, too. <laughs> but so he grew up in the, in the British system. Even in Zim, it was a British colony so they yeah. they british education system our equivalent of high school we finish around 18 yeah his equivalent i think a levels is that right yeah or something like that finished at 16 yeah same. and then you go do two years yeah. of uh what americans would consider like community college get yeah. your gen eds or 
like you start learning a little bit of stuff. Like if you want to be an architect, you yeah. can take architecture classes and stuff like that. But point being, where I where I did stuff at seventeen and that was different or against American culture, that's yeah. what you do back there. Over there. Because yeah. over there you finish high school at sixteen and then yeah. you go try a bunch of stuff so you can figure yes. it out. By twenty you've you've done two to three exactly. things. That's, and you figure and that out happens what you want a lot do. in like even my friends in Ireland, like I played with a couple of guys in soccer uh-huh. in college in Ireland, it's the same thing. Like after they're done, they like kinda they take you, most most people take like a year off just kind of figure out okay like what's right. next and even Nigeria is very similar uh-huh. but also like the education system is just completely different right like I think Nigeria well Nigeria was colonized by England so our education education system kind of like lips mirrors them uh-huh. so like I remember like even when you came you ha- I had to drop a grade down right so that shows you like the age thing so like I was supposed to go to eighth grade when uh-huh. I came uh-huh. but. The age group that was my age was seventh grade over here, uh, and I'm still pretty young for my age, like for my for my grade or whatever, because right, I was right. born in June or whatever. So uh-huh. it's just crazy to see how yeah. that. It's like, like you had to learn the same works. stuff over again. Yes, gotcha. Exactly. And that's why I was so smart. Yeah. Right. That's, that's why everyone was like, "Big, you're so smart. How do you like, know this?" I was like, "Nigga, I learned this shit a year ago. I legit took tests on everything right. on this shit. I got like straight A's the first yeah. time." They're like, "Damn, Dang. this Nigerian guy, man." <laughs> Bro, the same thing happened to me, bro. Like, I'm I'm over here like getting like all A's, and everybody's like, oh, cause so He's for me, smart, smart as fuck. So like, I, I skipped I skipped two grades, right? Dang, I did not know that. So damn, bro, we need to like fucking talk. Dude, we bro. always talk business though. I guess that's the thing. Yeah, Only yeah. recently did we, we start oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I skipped two grades. So I skipped. Okay. Uh, so when I started school, I was in Switzerland. Okay. And um, so Switzerland, their education system is more. It's higher than it is here. Okay. So. We came here, so my mom brought me here um, after her post in Switzerland. So uh-huh. I was like seven. So I started second grade, and like second grade, I got like like Vic said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got like nine awards. I got like two awards, right. two of the same awards type shit. Like right. I was like, oh my gosh, this dude's smart. Uh-huh. Principal coming to the office, and they was like, Dang. dude, they would tell my they would tell my auntie, it was like, man, your your son is too smart. Like we got to skip him up a grade, right? Dang. So they was like, all right, next semester. Don't start in second grade. You start in the third grade. The, literally right? the next semester, not the literally, next school year. Yeah, the next Dang. semester. Like you got to start in the third grade. Yeah. But my mom put me on a, on the wrong visa, right? Oh. So she put me on a B1 visa or B2, which is a, a visitor visa. Uh-huh. And so they caught me. They, they caught me going to school. It was like, yo, ass got to get the fuck <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So so they deported my ass back. This was like early, like 2002, right? Dang. Where did you go? Ah, Nigeria. It's like you gotta go back, man. Like, you can't. Uh-huh. So like we was basically like I don't think she knew. Where was your mom at? Was she, she was in, in she was back home in Nigeria. Okay. So I don't think she knew that she put me on the wrong visa. Right. Which is really interesting. So um so anyway, went back to Nigeria. Nigeria system is 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 in the sense where they they encourage you to skip grades in okay. a sense, right? Because when I was in fifth grade, there was something called a common uh, not common interest, but like uh a, an exam where if you take it, you get to skip to the to okay. the next grade. And oh. You, it's it's optional, okay, right? And it's for like the smart kids. So right. me, I'm like, because Nigeria's schooling system is way harder than it is here. Really? So I'm like, all right, let me try my luck. Uh-huh. Took that jump, passed it. So I started sixth grade. At 10 years old. At 10. At 10. So moved here and I graduated high school at 16 
And everybody's mm. like, oh my gosh, like you're smart as shit. And graduated right. college at 20. Everybody's right. like, you're smart as shit. I'm like. You graduated college, got a four-year degree yeah. before you could buy alcohol. <laughs> a, year, a full year before That's I could buy great. alcohol. Yeah. Wow. And so everybody's like, you're super smart. I'm like, honestly? I'm really not right. Right. <laughs> I'm really not that smart as what y'all think. Right. I just have had a different schooling system. Exactly. Which makes you look so smart here. Oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? That's just speaking humbly. Right. Um, so it's funny you say that. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as like starting young uh-huh. and then failing, because that's when I started working at, you know, with the financial firm at right 18. Around. Wow. Right. So I started, uh, uh, right after my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Right in college, and so I've been doing that for like what, like seven years now. Going on, yeah. So a good, a good, like one quarter of my life, I've been working in the Man. financial field. But like the lessons you learn, though, exactly. Oh my god! Second to bro. none. Somebody asked yeah. me. It's actually my brother. He asked me because I I didn't finish school because mm-hmm. I was in the American system, and so yeah. for me, I started what you did at uh at sixteen, finishing, yeah. and then getting to try some stuff. Yeah. That was me at eighteen, nineteen. Mm-hmm. And so even though I, I had done the internship at 17 and mm-hmm. then kind of had an opportunity when I was 18, mm-hmm. uh, I, I still looked at it like, man, these are the years that I got to take the most risk. You I'm the youngest you, now. You I've got the got less you. responsibility. Yeah. My family's in a place where if I completely, mm-hmm. you know what the bed, like yeah. they can take care of me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, I dropped out of uh, college. Yeah. And he asked me like uh, probably two or three weeks ago, he yeah. was like, if you could do it all over again, would you do the exact same thing? I No hesitation. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. I, I said, honestly, if more people came out of high school and did what I did, mm-hmm. joined the exact same company that mm-hmm. I did, the lessons they would learn <laughs> as far as business, entrepreneurship, relationship management, Crazy, networking, bro. everything. It's like... You can't teach that in school. Yeah, you can. Right? And I get the value. Don't get me wrong. Like You go to school, you meet some amazing people. Grant Cardone says, don't go to school. Uh, uh, Grant Cardone says, don't go to Harvard just to learn from Harvard professors. Go to Harvard because you're going to meet the Obamas. And so I'm like, yeah, that's a huge value add in terms of college. But when you come from a a, a perspective like, man, I can go and learn this trade. Kind of like you say when people come to the uh, Americas, they Mm -hmm. they are skilled in a trade already. Mm -hmm. You can go do that when you're 20 years old yeah. mm-hmm. so that you can go in the workforce and always be an asset. And then yeah. if you want to add some education on top of that, now you're you're adding uh, more to your plate or your resume exactly. that just makes you even more valuable. Exactly. Like, and, and you you made it, you made great points, man, because like the last seven years, I would not trade that for shit. Nope. Like, as it was hard. Like, don't get me wrong. It was exactly. very, very hard. Same. But but the lessons I learned, bro, right? I could never learn that in school. Nope. It's you know right. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And like, it was so funny. Like the other day, I was I was in my friend's office, uh-huh. and and I was listening to a conversation between two ladies, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, so they were talking about some of the issues that they were going through and shit like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, literally listening. I'm like, yo, what they're trying to figure out? <laughs> like the last seven years taught me that. Oh. And it made me realize. I'm like. Oh my god. What was it? Do you mind me asking? Um, so it was really about like fear of judgment. Okay. Right? So so she was like, you know, going through that phase of What are they gonna think of me? It was yeah, it was a story of like, you know, we were so my friend he's putting up uh something in his office and uh-huh. he was trying to vlog it. Uh-huh. And she was like, Well shit, if I'm gonna be in the video, I need to make sure I'm wearing a mask because right. I don't want people texting me be like, Why don't Why you, you wear a mask? mask? Right. I don't, I don't want people to like think like blah blah blah. Uh-huh. And I legit literally sat there and just looked at her. Super nice lady. <laughs> but I legit sat there and looked at her. I was like, damn. She's Man. learning lessons that uh-huh. this company I already taught me seven right. years ago. Right. You know and how old was you said she was what age or age? She bracket? was probably like a little older than me. So also like her late twenties. Late twenties. Okay. Man. Yeah. And I was like, damn, cause like shit. 
doing what we did, like uh-huh. I've talked, we've talked to, I've talked to probably like over two thousand people. Yeah, just in the last. Honestly, dude, you're way better probably, than me. Like, yeah, probably way more than that. So my fear of rejection is like gone. Gone. <laughs> you know, like, I don't. I legitimately have no. No, this dude's a beast. Of, I'm serious. Like he'll talk you know to anybody. He doesn't yeah. care. So like I had to learn that shit, and then now I'm starting to realize like, oh my gosh, like this is a true skill. Like, right. I can legitimately walk into any office at any point. Uh-huh. And talk to anybody without yeah. any fear of shit. Exactly. Yeah. And the crazy yeah. thing is, because you're so good at it, they're receptive to it too. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think. I think like your journey is like super interesting. Mm. But I think a lot of like people at that age don't necessarily know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I think college gives them the structure of like, okay, it just gives you structure. Like you right. do this, you do that, and once you get out of college, you can still figure it out. Type stuff. Exactly. And it gives them a this conception of a security blanket or mm-hmm. whatever but like you said like in the finance because i did an internship at a finance firm northwestern mutual as well uh-huh. and i was just there for like six months or whatever uh-huh. and like you said like you guys have been there for years and just like in that just short six months i was there there's uh-huh. like you said, there's a lot of things that you learn from being in the space like, and it was extremely hard as well of course but i think the fear of rejection is the biggest one right because you start treating it like a number game. Yeah. Like you really do start treating yeah. it like a number game. It's like, well, like somebody gave me this uh, funny analogy. It's like when you're at a bar with <laughs> at a bar and you try to talk to a girl. It's like if you talk to ten girls, maybe four of them will be receptive to you. But if you just talk to four, yeah, it's like damn, no girls like me, bro. <laughs> it's like damn, no girls like me or whatever. So it's the concept of like you understand like yeah. humanity works. Nah, you didn't tell us. But one of the dudes I worked with told me that shit. <laughs> it was like the concept of humanity works in a numbers game. It was like mm-hmm. the more you like the quicker you drop the fear of rejection, the mm. quicker you're gonna hit your numbers. Exactly. Okay, so this was a quick lesson. I actually wanted to give people who are in business or who are thinking about going into business there's something i learned uh quite a long time ago that's really helped me with the fear of rejection which is the law of two laws the law of high numbers and the law of averages so the law of averages basically what that is saying is that let's say you're in business and you know you want to talk to people it says that basically not everybody you talk to is going to say yes there's an average amount of people that are going to filter out and they're going to filter in now to combat that law is something called the law of high numbers so the law of high numbers basically is saying that you want to talk to a large volume of people right so it makes sense because you when you see facebook ads and you know, Apple ads, they have ads everywhere, right? So they're running both of those laws. They're running the law of averages and the law of high numbers, which yields a much, much better result. So I wanted to throw this tip in there. If you're in business or looking to get into it, this is something you want to make sure you study. Because there is exactly. that person, you're literally one conversation away from meeting connected to somebody that could provide you life. everything that you need. That's, that's right. Your life. 
So I learned about that. I learned about just you become so much of a better communicator. Oh, yeah. And just like the confidence Man. to walk into any room and have a conversation with anybody is such it's a blessing. I think that's so key. It is. Oh, my goodness. When you learn how to communicate, you also learn how to be communicated too. yes. Because the thing I'm realizing about people is they they. When you either try to teach somebody something or yeah. offer con- constructive criticism yeah. or really any kind of conversation that's not pumping them up mm-hmm. or making them feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. they always feel attacked. Yeah. Yeah. But when you learn how to communicate, you yeah. understand that you're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. You're just exactly. being honest. Yeah. And then when you receive that kind of communication yes. back, now you're like, oh, well, this isn't going to depress me. This isn't yeah. going to make me feel bad. It's, yeah. it's not personal. Yeah. They're really just trying to help me, especially right. when you realize people's true intentions. Mm-hmm. But man, that's so key. When you learn how to communicate, that's where it all comes mm-hmm. from. I love the fact you brought up communication because... You know, one thing in our, like, when I was working in the financial field, like, one uh-huh. thing that we'll have to do is, like, give expectations. Right. You know. Right. right? Exactly. Because, like, we'll have to walk somebody through the process. Yep. Like, verbally, and then walk them through the process physically. Right? So, if I'm helping you set up, you know, or talk to you about whatever, and we're, you know, talking about a plan, uh-huh. like, I'm going to tell you everything about this plan up front. Yeah. And I'm going to exactly. give you every expectation. This exactly. is what you should expect. This is what you shouldn't expect. Yeah. This at this time and this time and this time. So it made me become really, really honest. Yeah. And you do business the right way yeah. because exactly. you do tell them everything. Exactly. Up. And and a lot of finan- and a lot of people in the financial industry, like they they cut corners. Oh, mm. sure. You know what I'm saying? Like there's one guy we're not going to mention, you know, <laughs> that that brought me back in uh, to the company. He would he would cut so many fucking corners, man. Wow. I'll watch this dude. I'm like, God bless, yeah. man. That's you right. know, that's right. It, it, it always comes back to bite you. So oh, like, I'm like, sure. I can't, I can't do business like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just created a system where I was just very honest. But now uh-huh. that helped me in my other relationships too, like uh-huh. my friendships, yeah. and even my relationship now is like we just have like this very, very candid and honest Open conversation and honest. Yeah. about everything. I'm able to lay down expectations, right. what I like and what I, you know, what I don't like, and right. vice versa. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. it just flows. It's so you know true, especially when you talk about dating because people always put up a front. Right. They're trying to be the person that that individual sure. wants to be with. But then when you actually come together and that person was probably doing the same thing for you. Yeah. So when you come together, y'all were both fake when you met each other. Yeah. When when is the point where we turn the the, the, the table and we yeah. start being real? Yeah. And at that point, we might not like each other. Yeah. It's a very sobering thing. Exactly. Sobering. <laughs> Sometimes now, violence. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. But like back to the point you were talking about, like, corner corners, I think down the line, that's that type of stuff catches up with you in every field. And I heard this quote, and it was like, it was like every lie, every deceitful thing you do, it's like trash. You could cover it up for so long, but eventually it's still going to stink. Mm. And that's the truth. But also with the communication part is like, I think for me, I took, I did my internship like my junior year summer. Is it my so- sophomore year summer or junior? I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, junior year summer, I think. But it was just like the concept of like having a confidence because I had so many conversations with so many people. And before that, like I would be shy to talk to somebody because I was like, okay, he's making a lot of money. What does he think? Uh, the this kid, student? yeah, this right. kid could talk to me about. Then once you understand and you do your research and like you educate yourself enough on this on a thing, it just shows me that education is currency. It really that's is right. because Literally. once you're prepared, you should be confident. Exactly, and that's what like preparation is what flows with confidence. Preparation breeds confidence. Exactly, and just like even now, like. I, I could talk to anybody simply mm-hmm. because of like that. I have talked to so many high people in high places that right. it doesn't fear me. It doesn't right. scare me anymore. So like those little things that you learn in a space like that is like it's so valuable. It really mm-hmm. is. And 
school doesn't necessarily prepare you for that. That's I right. mean, actually, school like flows on the Prussian system where it's it's made to make like the mass production of employees. Mm. So Man. your mindset, your, the mindset is like completely different from someone that's like trying you to build it. something substantial. And that right. doesn't mean everyone has to be an entrepreneur. Right. Like we need workers. We need people of course. in the workforce that want to, like, want to flow on that path. But I feel like the whole system of suing is very flawed. I agree. Because it doesn't give you a path to the other side. I agree. It's you like, don't have the option. It, exactly. You're, you're an employee by default. Dif- ex- which is which is a flaw. Because like not everyone wants to be an employee. Exactly. And it doesn't give you another route to like, okay, like if this is the route you want to take, right. then take this route. If this one, you want to be an employee, then take this route. Uh-huh. And that's where you see there's a lot of conflict with like entrepreneur people with entrepreneurial mindsets and mm-hmm. people that want to be employees. Because mm-hmm. you guys are speaking two completely different languages. That's right. And it's like, this person is like, well, this is the way to go. And this person is like, nah, I'm good over here. Uh-huh. And both of y'all are trying to convince each other on like why this works. But yeah. you, both are doing it from like a patronizing place yeah. mm-hmm. where it's like, well, everyone has their own innate like things that they want to pursue. Like right. Michael might want to be an employee. I might not want to be an employee. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, I see that on Twitter a lot where there's like this argument about nine to five or right. owning your own business. And uh-huh. it's just like, let people do what they want to do. But That's I right. think- People are angry at the wrong things. You should be angry at the mm. flawed school system. I agree. That forces you to have to pick one, like pick one side. You know. I agree. People, people aren't the ones to blame all the time. Oh, yeah. It's the sure. it's the structures and systems people have put in place. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sometimes those people aren't the ones that uh, yeah. that had malice intent by mm-hmm. it. It's just yes. it's evolved into something that's not an asset anymore. Yeah. And so it hurts yeah. us more than it helps us. Sure. See, the thing with the school system is like, so it was it was kind of not invented, but it was created for like the industrial revolution that's space, right like factories and shit mm-hmm. so like the the bells went and ring and reset everything changed with the industrial that. revolution yeah so it was made to create workers for industrial revolution uh-huh. but now that america has become more of a capitalistic society where more people they're not there's they're not monopolies anymore right right there oh. there's so many different industries where you uh-huh. can just walk into you can create a business tomorrow right right and the economy supports that that's right that's where I think because the circumstances change, exactly. that's where school system doesn't evolve. It, evolve. It, school system hasn't evolved with that yet. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like it's it's very and even the way they teach, they don't like everybody yeah. learns differently too. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's why I had to learn too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like a very like standardized way of doing this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I totally and agree. Just back on the school system. It's like if you look at it, I heard a quote, it was like the school system systematically kills your inquisitive nature. Like wow. as a child, naturally, wow. yeah, I wouldn't. The devil talks about that. Wow, and how when you're in class, when you're younger, naturally you want to raise your hand up and answer or ask right. questions or answer a question or whatever, mm-hmm. and you see like there's repercussions for that, mm-hmm. or you get clowned or whatever, or if you're getting tested constantly, like it becomes this perspective, this thing where. You're not necessarily reading to learn. You're reading to memorize to and test. put it back on paper. Exactly. You know what I'm trying to say? Exactly. Because, look, I did good in school or whatever, but there's so much shit I, like, I took tests on that I got A's on. I don't even remember today, no, dog. No. At all. Like, exactly. Legit, I do not remember yeah. at all. But now, like, I, I'm not, I like to read books now, and there's things I've read like three, four years ago that I still remember, and mm. I still know how to implement today. Yeah. So it just shows you how it works completely different when... If you're, if you create the system where you're judged on a standardized test, mm-hmm. then 
there's no incentive to really learn. Right. There's an incentive to cram and memorize and put it down exactly. on paper and get the grade. Exactly. And that's how flawed our school system is, is because it kills your inquisitive nature. And like, once you learn, okay, I just got to take a test on this. You don't want to ask questions. Of course like, not. You don't want to ask questions. Not. Like, okay, well, I got, this is what I got to know. I'm going to You know what people that. started exactly. asking in school? They said, they, people literally ask questions like these now, because yeah. these are the only questions that are okay to ask, because everybody wants to know this. Oh, for sure. How are they going to ask this on the test? Exactly. That's exactly what they ask people. Not, hey, help me understand this. Standard. But they say, exactly. how are they going to ask this on the test? Yeah. Tell me what answer I need to choose, or how do I need to explain it if it's a written yeah. test? And that's it. It's you know the exams ends, I had to take. Very ends focused. Exactly. Yes, it is. Very ends For sure. And that's like, for me, like, like if I like read something a couple of times, I could like memorize it. Mm-hmm. So like I did really well on tests because like I'll have a county test, and I promise you, in class I'll be in the back of the class and I would just be chilling. I'd be, <laughs> have my headphones in, I'd be on my laptop. Sometimes I would be watching games in class. Dang. But let's say like they put the like the um, study guide or whatever, or like the powerpoints online, or they tell you read this page and the test is gonna be on this page. Mm-hmm. I don't know like if I have a test tomorrow. I spent today, I spent <laughs> right. a couple of hours, I'm just going to study all that. Right. And I, dude, I, I legit got super good grades. I had like <laughs> really good grades in college. But I like, I remember I grabbed I was like, damn, I did really well, but damn, I ain't learned shit. I was like, I barely learned shit in this motherfucker. You know what I mean? And it's Bro. like, you get all these awards, whatever. I remember like I was like in a running for like student, like scholar athlete or whatever. Yeah. But like, it's the same thing. Like, was, like some of my teachers, one of my teachers came up to me, he was like, you never, like it was my accountant teacher, he was like, you never do anything in class. You just stay on the back with your like um, laptop or whatever. And you don't, you don't, like I talk to my friends and I'm just chilling. But he's like, but you always do really well on test. But it's like, that means I can't even get mad at you because you do really well on <laughs> You're test. You're doing what I want, right? So it's like, it's so crazy how like the whole system has just been convoluted. And like, I think. I agree. America makes a good point where there's, there's no evolution and everything mm. has to evolve. And mm-hmm. especially in a thing where. You're raising the next generation. You're constantly raising the next generation. There has to be some evolution process in that. That's right. I totally agree. So, Chris, yeah, you got something happening on Sunday. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for you, man. Thank you. So, you're going to be in charge of recruiting, right? System. Building? Well, not necessarily. Not to begin with. So, okay. I'm joining a new firm as an advisor. Uh, part of my transition was on the understanding that I'll have that opportunity. Very, very soon. Yeah. So I've just gone through onboarding and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll, 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 what do they call it? Cut the, uh, cut the training wheels off mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. And then once those are off, we launch the office. This is the first office outside of where the company's headquarters. Yeah. So it's going to be in Atlanta. Yeah, man. A tizzle. ATL. That's super dope, man. I'm excited. When you told me, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Cause you know, like I love working on systems. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Um, and I was just excited for it. I was like, man, you get to do that full yeah. time. I was like, yeah, God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, put, sign me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's dope, man. What you looking forward to the most? As far as the move or professionally? What Everything. Do you mean? Professionally. Everything. Move. Honestly, change. Mm-hmm. Just So I came back to Nashville from Arizona in December, and mm-hmm. I'd been here for probably, what, six months six or so? Months, yeah. So what that gave me was a little bit of rest. Mm-hmm. You know I've been, like, pedal to the metal mm-hmm. for the past few years, me and too. it's that's been fruitful in some ways. Yeah. But at the same time, I needed to I, – I, I was like a – what do they call it? A, veg- a vegetable. Mm. I vegged for all of like February, maybe or January, probably thirty days. I didn't really do anything. Wouldn't even exercise because yeah. I that's think how it felt too. Like when pandemic happened. Yeah, like, yeah. But this uh, was even before the pandemic. To be because when did yeah. it really start? Kobe died in in uh, January. January. Yeah, pandemic yeah. hit Seattle 
come what February, mid February, something like that, yeah. and then it really started to ramp up in oh, Europe, March, March right yeah. that time. So probably in January, mm-hmm. that's when I was in the middle of this like vegetative state, and then the, obviously the tragedy with Kobe and the the others that were on that helicopter. And that's when I was like, okay, this could get really bad. So that's when yeah. I started exercising again. Yeah. I started getting yeah. right back up and at it. And I realized, man, I cannot wait to get back in the action. Damn. So once yeah. I started the the recruiting process with the new firm and yeah. then we accepted the, I accepted the opportunity, I was like, man, Atlanta, massive city. I've been yeah. there before. Yeah. I'm a city boy. I already know that. You ain't got to convince me, yeah. right? Uh, plus the opportunities that I'm going to be able to do more than what I've been doing yeah. in addition to building on uh, the things that I've learned in far as, as far as leadership and yeah. helping clients, that sort of thing. I'm yeah. just I'm thrilled and totally excited. Dude, I'm excited for you, man. Thank you. Like, I'm I'm going to be visiting a lot. Yeah, come and see me whenever. I will hit you up. Dog. We definitely ATL's too big. We'll yeah. never run out of stuff to do. Ever, bro. You just got to pop in and we'll make <laughs> it happen. It's the black Nashville. Yeah, that's what, it man. Too. It is. A lot of Africans and African Americans yes. out there. Yeah. So I'm really it's excited. It's just more for us. Like, it's just, just more for black people. Right. Period. You know, like, right. Nashville. Vic loves Nashville. <laughs> I don't really fool. I don't really fool with Broadway like When that. you like, moved here, have you only been in, uh, in Nashville? Yeah, I've, been, I've only been in oh, Nashville. Oh, man, that's why. <laughs> I've only been in Nashville, so. I, mean, I, I like Nashville. It's home. Yeah. Like, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything bad about yeah, Nashville, yeah, but I've been yeah. here for a minute, and I've seen some other things now yeah, too. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I gotta get up. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind moving. To be honest, I wouldn't mind moving. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Nashville's home. It's always gonna be home, just yeah. because I'm. This is the only place I've lived in. Since right. Yeah. Right. I came to America and stuff. Yeah. But it's just ATL is like a completely different space. Than oh Nashville. yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's it's good like, though because it's right up the road, four hours away. Yeah, it's close enough as well. I'm excited about it. Dude, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank y'all for we having appreciate me, you blessing us with your presence, my Y'all blessed me, man. This was so much fun. It was. Wait, are we done? Was your first, <laughs> yeah. Was your first podcast? No, I've actually done one before. It was more business and uh, finance focused. That was out in Tucson. Yeah. But uh, I guess that's kind of why I'm not uh, yeah. sweating out the uh, yeah. out of my shirt because yeah, I've, yeah. I've had a mic in front of me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, nah, man, I love these. Conversations are great. Hell yeah. So Hell yeah, I appreciate man. it, man. I'm grateful for no it. No big deal, man. I appreciate you coming on. And that's a wrap. Okay. When I don't finish, I'll be ha. No, y'all. But for real, we thank you so, so, so much for listening all the way through. It means more than you can ever imagine. The fact that you guys listen all the way through probably means that you like us, even if it's a little bit. So go ahead and subscribe, leave a review. We're definitely going to read it all. And follow us on social, specifically Instagram, at Village Boys Pod at Village Boys Pot, and it's with a Z, by the way. Um, And most definitely, and more importantly, we shall catch you on the next episode. Oh, yeah. Vamos.